0: Building relationships, matching buyers and sellers, doing deals. We could be talking about investment banking, private equity, any number of segments. But in this case, we'll begin our focus in the big business of commercial real estate. We'll be talking with the founder of the premier commercial real estate coaching and consulting firm in North America. You'll learn why some brokers and teams dominate and others don't. And the lessons for building your network and personal brand of managing your professional message. Those things apply across many different types of businesses. It's my conversation with Rod Santamassimo on the Manager Message Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Manager Message Podcast, where professionals come for ideas and inspiration to grow by talking about their businesses more effectively and getting lots of other people to do the same. Here is your host, consultant, professional speaker, and author, Jim Carr.
0: Come on in. Welcome to the Manage Your Message podcast. I'm Jim Carr. This is the podcast to learn about crafting the right message, building a robust network of messengers to share it, and simple, repeatable management habits that make your organization's everyday conversations a practical boost for growth, for yourself, for your team, and perhaps an entire organization. I've known today's guests uh, for a long time. We were classmates at Duke University's Fuqua School of Business, and Rod Santamassimo never ceases to impress. Not only has Rod been very successful in the intensely competitive industry of commercial real estate, he's now focused his business on helping others be successful too. And he has, perhaps, a more challenging last name than mine. Rod Santamassimo is an expert in commercial real estate as well as a best-selling author, consultant, coach, and speaker. He served as an executive VP of Sperry Van Ness, where he oversaw their franchise operations and training platforms. Eleven years ago, Rod founded the Massimo Group. His company provides personal coaching programs to commercial real estate brokers, as well as mortgage brokers, property managers, and advisors. Over time, he has led what is now the premier commercial real estate coaching and consulting organization in North America. And here's the bottom line. Rod's clients and members consistently out-earned their industry peers by seven times. Rod lives in beautiful Cary, North Carolina with his wife and two children. As I recall, along the lines of building things, Rod, there has been an extensive Lego collection in your home. Rod Santa Massimo, my friend, welcome to the Manager Message podcast.
2: Well, Jim, thank you for having me. As always, it's a pleasure to speak with you. And yes, the Lego collection still exists in our household.
0: And we have one in ours as well. And it is a collection of assembled and semi assembled different things. So good luck with that. And I hope you've never stepped on one in the night as I may have in my past.
2: <laughs> of course. More than once, my friend, more than once.
0: <laughs> hey, Rod, a lot of our listeners are in the world of professional services in some form. So let's begin with your part of that world, which is brokering and managing commercial real estate. Now, I would. Since from the outside, that is a world of high investments, high stakes decisions, long decision times, you have this tangible physical offering, but success would seem to ultimately depend less upon the property itself than the expertise, the trustworthiness, the work of a broker. So can you explain a little bit, take us through the world of a commercial real estate broker today?
2: Sure, you know most brokers, whether they lease assets or sell assets or manage assets, whatever it might be, their world is based on much of your audience. They have to build their own personal practice in regards to how they go attack each and every day, and like unfortunately, the majority of those professionals, they live in a world of chaos, reactiveness, confusion, and really what they call the whirlwind. So. As much as it's important that the asset, the property in this case, is positioned correctly, priced correctly, market directly, it really is the approach the individual takes to service that asset and that relationship that makes the difference of a successful transaction or not.
0: Well, envisioning that whirlwind and trying to build your personal brand and trying to position yourself the right way. I've heard you mention a number of particular challenges that brokers face, and they appear very consistent with the challenges that a lot of other experts and professional service providers deal with as well. I thought we could go through a few of those, and you could talk a little bit about how you see those showing up in those professionals' lives and some ways to deal with them. One of them is finding enough hours in the day.
2: Yeah, time. I'm too busy. I just don't have the time. I mean, how often do we hear that? And the fact is, look, we all are busy. There's no doubt about it. And as they always say, well, does busy truly translate to business or is it busyness? And what exactly are you doing with your time? So partners is challenging yourself to make sure you're as productive as possible. And the two ways you do that, number one, you only focus on what you do really well. And whether you enjoy it or not, it's not the issue right now. It's what do you do really well that has the biggest impact on your bottom line? So, for example, Jim, back in our days at Duke, and I've learned since then, I really enjoy doing Excel spreadsheets and pivot tables. I'm, I'm really good at it. But guess what? I don't make money doing yeah. that. <laughs> so as yeah. we share with our clients, let's figure out how to build infrastructure around you to allow you to focus on your time. Another element we look at, number two, would be, you know, I ask our clients, Can you answer the question, was I paid, actually I-P-A-I-D, was I paid today? And if you can say yes every day, then guess what? You've had a really good day and you are going to be productive. Now, this doesn't mean that you were actually paid every day, although that would be fantastic. What it means is a really simple acronym and you break it down. There's a lot of rules to it and the way we structure it and implement it with our clients, but simply, Jim, it's number one, did I identify exactly what needs to be done? Whether it's eating the frog, whatever approach you take, did you identify it? Two, did you prioritize it? Did you prioritize the time and the element of what needs to be done? A, did you allocate the resources, whether it be time, money, or personnel, to get that done? The hardest one is the second I, and that is implement. Did you actually do it? That's a tough one. It's tough for a lot of folks to implement. And last but not least, D, D is delegate delete, or sometimes will allow you to defer. I don't love that one, but delegate or delete. So it's, it's one very simple acronym, but a process where we put through our clients to really understand if they can say, yes, was I paid today? Then yes, they're going to have a more productive day.
0: Interesting. So looking at those five elements of I paid, let's see how they may apply to a couple of other challenges that you mentioned you know, specifically for brokers. But again, I think these are widely applicable. So one of uh, the challenges that you've identified in this industry is how do you convert prospects to clients? Mm -hmm. So what are some of the challenges there and how can you figure that structure to make people more effective in it?
2: Sure. We actually craft our prospecting playbook for all our clients. And it's really along the lines of your specialty, Jim, and not that we're anywhere near as, as sharp or as good as you are. But one thing we love to do is, of course, identify who our target audience is. The folks out there that consider themselves generalists, and you ask them who their client is, who their prospect is, anyone that sells real estate, we don't have any clients then. We don't. So we have to identify who exactly our ideal client is, our avatar, know as much as we can about them. And once we understand the avatar, we can start breaking down where their issues were there challenges, were there perspectives on a certain opportunity, whether it be lease or sell, and also the internal and external issues. And then only from that can we craft a message, a value proposition that will attract and resonate with that prospect. So I think the first things you really understand is, who am I going after? What are their issues? What's my message? So that's how we start with the prospecting approach of converting someone to a client.
0: I see. One of the other challenges that you mentioned, and I know that you address, is about filling a pipeline, right, and having having a nice machinery or mechanism, if you will, and looking ahead to the future. And I'm curious, Rod, about the role in your world and your client's world of cold calling. And there's a lot of debate in professional services about, you know, warm intros and kind of warm calls inbound versus outbound does cold calling or cold calling of a certain degree with some intention behind it still work? So what's your view on that?
2: Yeah, great question. In regards to pipeline management, first and foremost, it's essential, whatever you're doing out there, you must have a pipeline in one fashion or the next, whether it be on a simple Excel sheet, pad and paper, whatever that be, or yes, a database, integrated tools, platforms, apps, you need to have a pipeline. And That pipeline should include Every opportunity you're going after, you're currently working on, or you're getting close to closing. It include everything. In regards to the prospecting for cold calls, we actually don't like cold calls. We call them cold calls more versus prospecting calls in our pipeline. We look at sources and status of every deal. But from a cold call standpoint, we look at this way. We have something we also call the P factor. And, Jim, this is interesting because we actually – I've tended to be more of a numbers person – We actually break down all the activity of all our clients. And over the 11 years now, of course, we've had thousands of clients and tens of thousands plus of iterations of activities and looking at the numbers and seeing what generates the greatest results. So through that, we've created what we call the P factor. And I know you're going to say, Rod, you didn't learn this at Duke because it doesn't make any sense. But the fact is P P plus P plus P equals P cubed. P plus P plus P equals P cubed.
0: Okay, I'm writing that down here. We'll put this in the show notes with the formula. I'm sure you'll break that down. <laughs> yeah, we're
2: going to have to because if our professors at Duke heard that when they say, Where is that coming from? So here's how, but it does work. And here's why I figured out how it does work. First of all, the first P is your value proposition, right? And we talked about this a little bit, or a bit ago. What are you articulating? What's your value? What are you offering to the marketplace? And do you have a, a defined Targeted message its really important. We look at the messaging and how we're using it. The second P, and by the way, this goes in order, by the way. It's really important. This goes in order. Second P is your presence. What is your presence in the marketplace? How are you known? No, it's really important. It's not as important of who you know. The key is who knows you. So what is your presence? What are you doing to create a presence? Three levels of presence, personal, physical, digital. We can answer that in a later time. And then fine. The third P is, yeah, you're prospecting. What are your prospecting activities? Whether that be on the phone or letters or physically in meetings, what are your prospecting activities? And when you look at those numbers as far as honing in the value prop, the presence activities, the prospecting activities, the result is I know it's exponential, therefore the cubed, right? And that means that your pitches, your presentations, and your production, your pitches, your presentations, and your production grow exponentially exponentially when you have the right balance of those first three P's, proposition, presence, and prospecting. In really basic business terms, what's presence? It's marketing. What's prospecting? It's sales. They're not the same. They're synergistic, but this is the way it works, and they work with one another. So That's how we look at pipeline. That's how we look at prospecting, and that's what numbers show. Those that do the right things have exponentially more production than those that don't.
0: I don't think you'd get beaten up by any of our professors from, from way back ago. The other P that strikes me about this though, Rod, it's very practical, right? So this is, it translates into very tangible steps that people in almost any professional services role could take.
2: I completely agree. And what you shared earlier was you asked about cold calling. That's what it comes back to. And this is the problem. When you cold call without that first P in the equation, the presence, it's wow, what an uphill battle that is. You know, you're going to get some of those Never heard of you. Who the hell are you? That's a tough, that's a tough conversation to go. It just is. At the same time, if all you do is create a presence, and we know brokers like this, that all they do, they're famous. They love being famous. The problem is they don't produce much because they're so focused on their presence, they're not focused on their prospecting. So it's an equation you've got to balance and figure out the right levels of activity to truly create the exponential
0: production. How about in uh, you have written books. You uh, wrote a book called Brokers That Dominate and um, did a follow-up on teams that dominate. So looking at the high performers in these different areas, what is the role of automation? Because sometimes I think in developing presence, you know, you can get into that, especially through social media and through other communications means, but it's also a personal business, right? This is a, about setting up really trusted relationships that we can talk about here as well. So, how do the best performers and how do you like to coach in balancing automation efficiency versus personalization?
2: Great question. I, I think the third one I would look at it personalization, automation, but more important than anything else is delegation. That's the most important thing to us. So, yes, can you automate your messaging in a presence format in a social media format? There are tools today, absolutely, that folks are using and using wisely, although it still has to have your message. It must be your message. One thing we've learned, and I've learned personally, I will admit, I've been blogging now for 11 years. I took a one-year attempt to let someone else blog for me. Colossal failure. It just was. It wasn't my voice. It wasn't me. It wasn't authentic. So automation in that aspect, I don't agree with. But with our clients, automation on messaging, social media, sure, technology, uh, new platforms in commercial real estate for transaction management? Absolutely. Database automation? Absolutely. Even at my firm, we use a a software called Infusionsoft. I know some people call it Confusionsoft, but, but we have a team that puts out everything we do from an automated standpoint. So yes, Jim, I believe highly in automation, but more so I believe more importantly, more impactful is delegation and getting a team around you to do the right things
0: that makes sense and i have just recently uh, put in infusionsoft which is a crm customer relationship management system and i have not fully dug into it yet ron i'm prepared to be confused but i think uh, a lot of the point is is to have some sort of system there are lots of different software packages and lots of habits and processes but as you say to concentrate on high value activities you know whatever the specifics might be completely agree yeah that, let's come back uh, to this and this is something i've i've written about talk about a lot and get asked about a lot from my clients and people with whom i speak and they talk about in professional services they really want to be seen and appreciated as a they may call a trusted advisor or a trustworthy source and it would seem again in this world of high value properties of high stakes decisions that trustworthiness is well worth having. In fact, that's probably the way that you get to be a high performer. So where do you see that trust and trustworthiness playing out in commercial real estate specifically? And how do the high performers tend to build that over time?
2: Yeah, that comes from a couple of things. And I think there's three tiers of how you're reflected in the marketplace in commercial real estate, and most likely in other sectors as well. right. First of all, number one, you're invisible, which You're not going to be successful. In fact, I think it was uh, Keith Ferrazzi in his book "Never Eat Alone" who wrote, "Invisibility is a fate worse than failure." It just is. Number two, and probably just as problematic, is going to be your commodity. Now, if you're commodity, you're just another broker. You're not special. You're not a resource, and that's the third element you've got to get to. You have to be a thought leader. You have to be seen as a resource and advisor, and that comes from building A transactions, showing success, sharing success, number one, you have to have success and show that and share that. A lot of folks don't share the success, which I just don't understand. Second part, of course, is creating that presence we talked about, that overall comprehensive presence campaign to get out to the marketplace that shows value and shares value versus just simply ask for business, but consistently puts out content that's value oriented. That's how you create the trust. And then, of course, you're leveraging your sphere of influence amongst your community to also build that social trust, community trust level.
0: My question uh, generally, Rod, when it comes to trust and how that sets you apart, is about the extent to which the internet, the digital world, has impacted uh, commercial real estate. And you know, There's so many ways and there's disintermediation and allowing yourself to become a commodity. I'm imagining a world which you know potential buyers can do a lot of searching and research online so there's got to be some sort of special sauce of, of renown of trustworthiness that's going to separate you from the pack so how has that digital world is that increased the divide between those who are just kind of in the middle of the pack versus those who are able to perform well
2: well fortunately or unfortunately commercial real estate is very slow to adapt to technology it just, it just has been. And there's been a, a rush over the last two years in regards to automation, transaction management, more, um, let say, transparency in regards to market data. So it's making more available for everyone, buyers, sellers, tenants, landlords, and all such. So we haven't seen that yet where technology is impacting the trust level or the old-fashioned way to get business, which is really a personal you know, face-to-face relationship orientation. But I do agree with you, Jim, That and I actually just sat earlier this week with one of the lead strategists in the real estate space talking about my company. But this gentleman has been so insightful in showing where the market is going. And he's actually been saying since the last five years that 2020 is a year of the shift. And signs are showing that. So you're going to see the shift approach and the brokerage community specifically, which you can estimate it depends on who you talk to. It can be between sixty-five and 75,000 dedicated commercial real estate professionals, as far as brokers are concerned, agents. That number which of course, back in 2008, took a major hit. That number is about to take another hit in the next two or three years because of the shift in the market slowed down. And yes, technology will start to augment some of the services that are provided. In fact, the point is, and you said it earlier, that if you're just a broker today and you're not adapting to the market, and in five years, if you're not an advisor, a strategic partner, you're going to have to be doing something else, but it won't be commercial real estate.
0: You talked about delegation, about having a team around you. For the last few minutes, we've talked about a lot of areas in which professional service providers can think about their own activities, their ways of being effective individually. But again, you wrote a book about teams who dominate. And so Let's talk about that a little bit If for those who are in, whether you're in a small firm or whether you're in a team within a larger organization, what were some of the takeaways that translate not just about individual high performance, but how teams can work together when there might be different habits, different generations, different egos, all of those together? What have you learned over the years?
2: Yeah. You know, it's amazing that the science that's out now on teams and available for everyone to consume. But one thing we found completely true, in fact, we did a special chapter on this one section. Is the natural behaviors of the individuals is a key element on the success of the team. Now you'd say, well, that's kind of obvious, but you look at really deep down the science of doing assessments on every team member, their strengths, where they are, and we looked at it in four variables. Actually, there's a lot of tools out there. Obviously, Jim, there's. DISC and Myers-Briggs or Briggs-Myers, and then there was this one called an AVA, and we used the AVA assessment. And they look at levels of assertiveness, level of sociability, level of calmness, and level of conformity. And like all assessments, it's based on a a certain two-dimensional scale. But we found absolutely that the top producing teams, top performing teams absolutely have a balance and putting people, and look, back to good to great, right? put the right people in the right seat on the bus. That is the key. And that means also not only roles and responsibilities, but personalities and natural behaviors. So who's the one that should be going out seeking business? Who's the one that should be going out fulfilling the business? Who's the one that should be going out and simply doing nothing but behind-the-scenes management and orchestration of the business? Everyone is just different, and you have to understand what roles – play for each person and put them in those right positions. So I say, Jim, that is the number one takeaway of the many takeaways. That'd be number one.
0: So having the right people in well-understood roles that would naturally fit together. And then I'm imagining whoever is your, your team leader, your organizational leader, needs to keep reinforcing those elements of the culture over time, right?
2: Well, absolutely. There are leaders in culture, but one thing we implement with all the teams we work with Is something called we call the TOA, which is a team operating agreement. And it defines the roles, responsibilities, and expectations of every team member against a common goal and then individual goals. So yeah, I agree with you. The culture is key, the leadership is key, the structure is absolutely paramount. But a simple tool of taking the time to crafting an operating agreement that's transparent to everyone with the expectations and everyone is on board. And if they're not, you have the wrong team, by the way. That is a That we've found that to be paramount to real exponential growth.
0: So a clear, explicit public agreement into what everyone's going to be doing and what they should expect from their teammates. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's make a little bit of a broad shift here, Rod, in that You've been working uh, deeply in commercial real estate and have been coaching and helping other people do that, individuals and teams over time. Uh, I know that's going to continue to be a focus, but we were chatting earlier. You're looking broadly at at a lot of these skills and practices and competencies that can be applied really well for whether you're a solopreneur or you're in another professional services kind of role. Can you talk a little bit about what you have Found that applies outside of strictly commercial real estate and where you're taking this here in the near future.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. And I'm betting on it that what we're doing in commercial real estate is as applicable in other sectors. And we've been asked by a variety of attorneys, insurance professionals, financial advisors, uh, the world's largest bank we just did a a deal with, um, in regards to helping their professionals. Build their businesses, and I'm going to go back to the Lego approach, Jim. You know what are Legos? Legos are nothing more than miniature scales of something, right? So my son used to build whether it be the Batmobile or the uh, Death Star or whatever it was, right? It's it's these little representations of a larger scale business, and that's what we do. We build businesses on the individual level. So what my vision with the Massimo Group going forward is. Let's start helping other folks build their personal practice, whether it be a solopreneur, independent contractor, whoever it may be. Because those pillars that we look at, and those pillars being prospecting, presence, presentations, how you present, productivity, and lastly, partnering teams, those five Ps are really essential to any business. And I believe what we're doing will assist in that endeavor. In fact, actually my third book now, which I'm in the, tail end of is me all based on that larger audience of really that independent worker out there who's just trying to build a business. I believe, I truly believe in my heart, what we do will help them succeed as well.
0: Well, that's outstanding. Rod Santamassimo, the Massimo Group, which has been tremendously effective over a period of, what, 11 years now and, and expanding into some other areas as well. Rod, how can listeners find out more about you and the books you've written and the one that is to come and uh, the programs that you have available.
2: You can always find us out at Massimo M-A-S-S-I-M-O group.com. I believe from my delegation of my team, I know we're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn, but my team does all that. So you can check us there as well at Massimo group
0: as well. It's been a pleasure catching up with you, Rod. Uh, Continued success. And uh, we may come back around when you get that third book out.
2: I look forward to it, Jim. And thank you as always. Always great connecting with you.
0: Thanks for joining the Manage Your Message podcast. Please tap subscribe on your way out. And I would appreciate it if you would take just a brief moment to rate and review us. That five-star rating helps other professionals like you join our conversation. Is there something important changing in your company, with your members, with your message? Hey, as we just learned, the most successful professionals take a different approach to developing, sharing, and reinforcing their messages. I would be happy to talk with you about it. Maybe now is a good time to schedule me to visit and speak with your group so that everyone can be a message manager. You can email me directly at jim at com, and my mobile number is on the website jimcar.com that's k-a-r-r-h and on the website you'll also see an opportunity to get my free weekly message manager memo that's about a two-minute read with tips you can use in your business right away until next time message managers
1: thanks for joining us on the manage your message podcast with jim carr you'll find show notes and other resources at Podcast.com and jim Carr.com. please help us serve you and other message managers by subscribing to rating and reviewing this podcast and connect with jim on linkedin and on twitter at jim carr until next time we hope your business message is shared well and often